0: We
1: Let's go. Almost Before we before we get started, um, I do want to correct one thing from last week. Um, It came up in our discussion last week that uh, we were talking about the connection between um, Lady Wisdom and the Holy Spirit. I think what we were talking about, and we were we were um, we were exploring the idea that you can sort of see that connection in the the. that the, that the genders are the same as the words um, in Hebrew, ruach is a feminine word, and I think at the time I said that I, I was under the impression that pneuma was also feminine. But upon further inspection, that's not true. It's a neuter word. So you in the Hebrew uh, in the Hebrew spirit is feminine, but Hebrew doesn't have neuter; it only has masculine and feminine.
0: Um,
1: now in in Greek. Uh, now the di- the the meaning of the two words is the same in that it can mean uh, wind, breath, spirit. You know, all of that is encompassed in the word. But numina, S- sp-
0: Pneuma.
1: Um, p- p- m- p- li- yeah, Pneuma. Yeah, numina is and like like pneumatic, yeah, that p- sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, minor correction from last week that I misspoke. That is a neuter word, not a feminine word. The connection I think still stands. Um, especially when you're looking at Hebrew. But um, anyway, there's, yeah. yeah. Um, does anyone want to pray over our time this week? Get uh, us started? Uh, okay, great. I <laughs> pray that we
2: can again uh, see uh, expectations of Messiah and these uh, uh, early writings, Lord, right before the New Testament era, and, uh, that we could be uh, uh, helped. <clears throat> in our own uh, relationship to Messiah, Father, and I pray in Christ's
1: name. Amen. 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 Uh, well, thank you all again for being here. Last week we were looking at uh, Wisdom of Solomon, one of the wisdom literature books in what we're calling, for our purposes, the Peripheral Canon. Uh, this week we're looking at another one of the wisdom books. This is called, um, it has a couple different names. Um, it's commonly known as Sirach. Or um, uh, Ecclesiasticus is another name for it. Okay. As uh, not to be confused with Ecclesiastes, they're two different mm-hmm. books, both in the wisdom tradition. Uh, but this is called uh, uh, Wisdom of Sirach or Sirach Ecclesiasticus. That's all the same book. Um, the story goes that um, it was uh, it was written by a scholar named Jesus ben Sirach. Jesus, son of Sirach, was the author of this, you know, wisdom book. And it reads similarly to Proverbs in a lot of ways. Um, like Wisdom of Solomon, it's maybe a little more Christological, more sort of expectant expectant of the Messiah. Um, but it fits in the sort of Proverbs tradition. It was uh, translated, if I remember correctly, into Greek by his grandson. And so... Um, You know like wisdom of Solomon the copies that we have are all in Greek and in the prologue of the book which I thought I thought I would go ahead and read it before we get into some of the excerpts that we're going to look at um, which we're doing the same thing that we did last week we're looking at excerpts that are actually in our lectionary so that's what this page is these are the the ones that actually would show up in our Sunday morning readings were we to use every single you know excerpt that we have at our disposal Um, but here's, a, here's a, a, a prologue from the wisdom of Sirach. Of the many great things given to us, through the law and the prophets and through others who followed them, we should praise Israel for, for instruction and wisdom. Not only should those who read gain understanding, but also those who love learning should be able to help outsiders understand both through speaking and writing. Thus my grandfather Jesus, talking about Jesus ben Sirach, especially devoted himself to reading the law and the prophets and the other books of the fathers. So he acquired sufficient skill in these and himself was led to write something fitting for instruction and wisdom so that lovers of learning might become involved in these things as well and especially in addition to this might live a life according to the law. Therefore, you're encouraged to read with goodwill and attention and to do your reading with allowances made in case where, and this is this is interesting here, he talks about the, the, the difficulty of translation here. Um, he says, You're encouraged to read, with allowances made in cases where, although we worked hard in translating, we may seem to render a phrase inadequately. For what was said in Hebrew in itself does not have equal force when it is translated into another language. Not only this, and this is also important, but also the law itself and the prophets and the rest of the books differ not a, not a little as originally spoken. So he's saying look, we're translating this from Hebrew into Greek. It's going to have some nuanced differences. That's just kind of how translation works. And he says it may seem at times to be an inadequate translation. He doesn't say it is necessarily. He says you will notice some differences, and you would do well to ponder the differences and to you know use that as an opportunity to further meditate on the scriptures. Um, and then he says you know, also keep in mind here, you know, let's have a little, as I've been saying, reverent discernment here. Um Hebrew itself is not a static language you know it had, by the time this has come along, the Hebrew language itself has changed and evolved that 's just how language works um, so I thought that was a really nice little prologue, and I thought it was you know helpful for us approaching this book for the first time to sort of look at it and see what he had to say um, uh, He does not. Uh, from this prologue, I don't get any impression that he's uh, under the notion that he's trying to sort of recreate the Torah or anything. He's using this as an opportunity to meditate on on the scriptures and as a way to study the law. It's sort of a commentary on things in the inner circles. You know, we've been using this concept of concentric circles. Uh, so anyway, any thoughts before we dive yeah, in? Yeah. Questions. Yes. Uh, Do you
2: suspect this commentary uh, uh, had come down a long time before in in some kind of oral tradition that he was writing down, or do you suspect this is just,
1: he's writing these Um, these things down? Well, uh, if we're going to take the story at face value that he got this from his grandfather, then it couldn't have come that long before... Things were being translated into Greek. So where no, the I'm not saying I oh, okay the, the,
2: the, the content of the of the book, do you suspect it was some kind of an oral? Well, at least from his grandfather, so it grandfather's came Yeah, down. So yeah. And I mean
1: he he would have studied people before him and they would have studied people before them. Go. So yeah, I would say I would say generally. Yeah, yeah. It, his grandfather didn't come up with this stuff in a vacuum. Well, you you know. you and he yes. himself was studying Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. He know
0: study yeah, he all of that. It is. It is also, it is also,
1: yeah, it's worth mentioning also that this book is considerably older than Wisdom of Solomon. Wisdom of Solomon, as far as scholars have been able to agree on anything, they they seem to think that Wisdom of Solomon was written maybe even a lifetime, within the lifetime leading up to Christ. Very recent. Uh, Wisdom of Sirach is a little different. It was written, as far as people can tell, between 200 and 150 B.C. Okay. Um, you know, if... I, I'm but not there's sure... There's
3: version, too. You know, it might be... You know, think about it, you know, they're, they're spreading Jews all over the Mediterranean world. Yeah. And, you know, two, you're far from Jerusalem. And so these guys are trying to help them. That, you know, an Exactly, so right. so now they're trying to help them understand the law. More they're trying to preserve the scriptures, right, right, right. but also you know, keep, the, keep the
1: tradition right, of... Right, yeah. Keep, people keep it alive. Like yeah. theory, you know, so so if people seem to think, and I'm not sure why they have this date in particular, that it was pinned into Greek around 130 B.C., which would put it, you know, if it was his grandfather that did we're getting to about 180 B.C., give or take. Yeah. Um, this may be
4: completely wrong, but my impression is that by the time of Ezra, things were being written down in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you
1: know, Ezra writing down what he did, what Nehemiah did, and that would have been about 500 B.C. Well, in the, in the peripheral canon, the story of Ezra actually includes him writing down not just the law, but a bunch of other commentaries and other mm-hmm. things. And God actually tells him include all of these categories some of these are be to shared publicly some of these are more apocryphal more secret writings um, but you know we could say that probably some of this stuff was carried into Greek tradition around that time but you know it's who knows for sure so um, trying to think what else to say by way of introduction oh yeah uh, another this and this it, we're talking about how this this Book is older than Wisdom of Solomon. Um, it is considerably longer. It's at least twice as long as Wisdom of Solomon. Um, it has fifty something chapters in it, I think. Um, and the the form, the the style that it's in, you can see how it influences New Testament thought more than Wisdom of Solomon does. Um, and I have uh, our second handout here are some of the connecting points between Sirach and the New Testament. And that's our second handout here. What's not on this page, we'll look at the stuff on this page, but what's not included here is the fact that um, the Beatitudes themselves first show up in Sirach. No kidding. Um, now it's different. It's very different. It doesn't have the same, the same exact blessings. What we're talking about is the structure. So when Jesus teaches on the Sermon on the Mount, what he's saying is new, the the form the structure of how he delivers his sermon is already there. It's a very rabbinic form, and you first see it here. He goes, "Blessed is, blessed is, blessed is." There's a whole chapter in Sirach that have, but it's not the same thing. He's not saying, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." It's you know, it's like, "Blessed are those who study the law," things like that. It's yeah, um, um, it's more. It sounds more like it's not prosperity gospel, but it sort of has that. You know that proverb, sort of. You know, if you do these things, there's sort of a cause and effect. You know. Um, well, you reap what you sow. You? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so That's Jesus. That's principle of Christianity. Jesus that takes taught. that form; he takes that structure, and he uh, he turns it on his head. But he doesn't pull that structure out of a vacuum. The, the, and and the the people that heard it would have recognized it as a structure they'd heard before because this had been around for this this uh, this book had seeped into Jewish culture far more deeply than wisdom of Solomon had, right? And so by the time Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount, this text is is pretty familiar. It's pretty pretty well accepted in uh, Jewish rabbinical culture. Um, we'll we'll see here that Jesus uses it in other ways too. Um, Down about halfway through the page, you see, come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is a, that is a summary of an entire chapter from the book of Sirach, Sirach chapter 6. And then it's also um, included a little bit in chapter 51. Uh, so he's taking that chapter that's talking about um, coming to Lady Wisdom for rest. and Yes, go ahead.
5: So was Sirach? Would you say that this was written in what what they would call the intertestament period, or was it written before, they, before the before the exile came back? It's within that last four hundred.
1: I would say it, it was. Uh, all documents that we have of it were are are no earlier than the four hundred years of silence. If that's what you're asking.
5: So you said it was written. By, you said 180 BC. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. I think that maybe the intertestament period. Which would would put it after the the Babylonian exile. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: the Babylonian exile would have been more like 500 BC. Okay. Okay. So, yeah.
5: Well, I will say this, uh, and you you may have already touched on this, I I don't know, but I have read that one of the reasons that this was not included in the canon is because A, it was written so late, and the Jews didn't consider it on par with the Deuterocanonical books.
1: That applies to all of these books. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. just Sirach. Well, yeah.
5: the ones that were written late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so so <clears throat> the Jew, the fact that Jewish people didn't consider this scripture is a lot of the reason that people like Jerome didn't. You know, they kind of used that as part of the reason for it. Now, I'm not saying that was right to do. I'm just saying that, that that's what I've read well, that, that 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 played into the reasoning. Yeah, it, I as mean, well as
1: are we going to apply that to the New Testament? I mean, they didn't accept the New Testament either. This so, is true. Right? I mean, <laughs> but you can't have
5: Christianity without the New
4: Testament. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but,
1: but the Israel of God. Did. The Israel of God. Yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that that is that that argument applies to every one of these books. Yeah. And uh, I don't think you get off into canon.
5: Yeah. I just, yeah. 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 I just read that this week. I was looking at yeah. the stuff. And, and the, the fact that Jews didn't consider it canonical influenced the fact that the Christians didn't mm-hmm. yeah. consider it canonical on some of these older books. you know. So, but yeah.
1: If, well, I mean, if you go back and look at my handout that I had on week one, I had a whole list of reasons why Protestants reject these books, and one of them is the timeline issue. Yeah, the fact that yeah. they're written so late right. means that, you know, that, that, that is one reason... That you might want sure. to reject these books is yeah. you know, should we accept something that was written a lifetime before Jesus shows up? Yeah, and include that in the Old Testament. That's you know, yeah. yeah. Um, any other thoughts on that so anything the in the Bible? Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's part of this whole category. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're talking about the all of these the books together. The yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, and, and actually 180 well, BC, I think, would
1: be. Within, yeah, within that time period. Uh, it's a very tumultuous time, for sure. There was a lot of persecution going on, and that is probably one reason why these books are so deeply Christological and anticipating the Messiah. A lot of the worst time, too, when you have the Greeks come in and sacrifice a pig.
3: Yeah. the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. And
1: that's
3: in Macapes,
5: that.
1: Whole yeah, world. that actually happens in the Book of Acts, It's recorded think, in... Yeah, yeah.
3: That's, yeah. A, that's a little point, sharing about it.
1: So um... Uh, so this page here, I'm really trying to show how deeply influential this book is to not just Jewish thought, but also New Testament thought. Um, you, have, um, you, can, you can tell that a lot of the, the writers of the New Testament had this book on their minds as they're formulating their, their theology around the person of Christ. Um, when Paul says you know, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. I think in most of our English translations, all things are lawful is in quotations. Like that's what the people of Corinthia are saying, mm-hmm. and, uh, or Corinth are saying. And then he says, but not all things are helpful. Actually, it should be the reverse. Not all things are helpful. That's actually the quote. He's quoting from Sirach at that point. He says, not all, thi- all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Remember, you know, you've read that before. And uh, I have the reference here from Sirach thirty-seven. Not all things are profitable for all men. And the, the way that you know for sure that he's referencing this is that both of these texts uh, reference meat. Uh, the Corinthians passage is specifically talking about meat, and that's what Sirach is talking about here. So he's. Word, word. Uh, mm-hmm. the, we don't have it on here. Yeah. It's on. yeah Sirach 37, 28 through 30. Fourth line, Do you see it on fourth yeah, yeah. line? No, I for all things are not profitable for all men. And then he's talking about eating meat to excess. Right, so when Paul is solving this uh, this problem of gluttony in the church in Corinth, you know, he's using this, he's calling this uh, text to mind here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple other examples.
6: I, I think, yeah, I, Everybody's got their opinion, but I I really don't. I don't like the apocrypha at all, and so I just caution. A remark like that. Uh, You've said Jesus is drawn from some of these books. I mean, the Maccabees says to pray for the for the dead.
1: Uh, We're not reading Maccabees. I understand
6: that, but uh, Tobit does too.
1: We're not reading Tobit either.
6: Okay.
1: Um, I'll let it go, but I'm just I just caution you know. Well, I mean, are we going to say that Paul wasn't familiar with these books? I have no idea, but it's a pretty
6: strong statement to talk about the New Testament, which we all believe is inspired, yes. and say that uh, even Jesus Christ is drawing from the Apocrypha, which there's a lot of controversy across two millennia about whether it's, you know, it's you know, inspired yeah. in this sort of thing, so. Well, I mean, that is another
1: reason to reject these books, and... Um, as I've said many times, I mean, anyone is more than welcome to reject these books at any point if, they, if, you, if, you, if you deem them, you know, uh, unworthy of your time or attention. Um, that is one of the—I'm trying to remember if it was six or seven. That is one of the other reasons to reject them is on theological grounds. Um, I would uh, uh, humbly suggest that um, we're talking about two verses— Two, two possible ways of interpreting two verses from two books of this entire group of, you know, material. So it is a lot to throw out this entire corpus just based on two possible interpretations of two verses. Um, you know, we, we uh, that that that's a, that's a pretty strict uh, method to go by. One, uh, one thought I
5: have is, and I totally get where you're coming from. I grew up not using apocalypse. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, but um, there are places in Jesus' is teaching where he even makes it clear. He will say, you have heard it said. Yes. So and so, so and so. So he so mm-hmm. in a sense, even he makes it known he's pulling from other sources in those in those instances. Yeah. You know? So, so it's possible. Well, no, it's not possible. Yeah, I won't bring he, it up again. I, I'll just say so. you know. <laughs> yeah.
6: yeah. No. Well, but I mean, so it's
5: possible that he could have drawn
6: from the Apocalypse.
5: Possible. He, brought, he drew from somewhere. Now, whether it was, you know, it's like the, it's well, the it's like the golden rule. I mean, the golden rule doesn't only exist in Christianity. It well, exists. It, it, it exists yeah. in other. And, well,
3: that's the point. Yeah. Any search that any religion has done for God. Yeah. Yeah. Will include a certain amount of truth. We're right. We're That's right. To every yeah. other form of truth
5: in yeah. and, and I'm not taking issue with you, Greg. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm just saying that that I think Jesus, there are cases where Jesus even makes it known that he's
1: referring to other things.
5: You know, when he says things like
1: that. Well, it's funny you should mention the Golden Rule because that actually comes from Sirach. The golden, present. yeah, down at the bottom well, of this. Does,
5: but that doesn't only come from Syrac. That's true. That is very true. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, I think, uh, I I think uh,
1: uh, Hammurabi's code of ethics, I think, had the golden rule it, in it. Well, too, but
5: Jesus's was yeah. a better
1: one. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but I'm saying, like to your point, yeah. this does show up in other places. <laughs> right. At the bottom of this handout, um, there are, are other examples of how the Sermon on the Mount draws from Syrac specifically. And I've got other examples here. Things that Jesus says that come up before. He's not pulling this out of a vacuum here. Uh, Do not repeat yourself vainly in prayer. Don't prattle on like the heathens do. Uh, Forgive so that you may be forgiven. Again, the golden rule. You will know them by their fruit. Storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Um, um, We're not usurping Jesus' authority here. We're not saying that Christ is less of an authority figure because he's using this stuff. He's, he's, he's taking it and he's, he's redeeming it. He's applying it to himself, right? In the same way that we wouldn't say Christ is any um, less authoritative if he quoted from uh, any other source. I mean, Paul quotes... A Greek philosopher. Does that mean that? Does that mean that Paul's letters are somehow compromised because he has, you know, another text in there? I mean, Jude quotes from the Book of Enoch. Does that mean that we're going to throw the Book of Jude out? I mean, that's that's not art. That's not how we understand what's authoritative. What's I won't not. say another thing after
6: this. The yeah. thing in Jude, I don't think he quotes from the Book of Enoch. I think he says something that also is in Enoch. You just can't go that far and say, "Well, he drew that from from the Book of Enoch." I don't think there's enough evidence. It's just my opinion, but I have looked at that on a great deal, mm-hmm. and I won't say anything about controversy. So far, you know, none of the verses we looked at the last couple of weeks have made me feel like I'm gaining things like I gained when I studied the Bible the yeah canon. Okay, so that that's one thing. Yes. There are, like Tobit, both of the Maccabees talk about praying for the dead. There's another one, and I know you don't throw out the whole apocrypha because some of the books have that kind of stuff, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, and I just put that out there again. So, And I won't yeah. say nothing about yeah. it. You know, well, I mean,
1: you are hitting on one of the main reasons why people don't accept these books. So I'm not going to say that, you know. Yeah,
6: and it, it's... It, yeah. It, 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 it got my attention, we keep saying, well, Jesus, or Paul drew from here, 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 you know. Yeah. Maybe there, maybe it was just common teaching down through the few thousand years before that, you know,
3: you know that both of them used, but I, I don't, I just, mm-hmm. but anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, to... if you look at this in one sense this way, I'm trying to understand how, when, when uh, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, he's been in Athens, he's spoken, he knows he's, he's walked along, he's looked at all those statues of the different gods, and he comes up with the unknown god and just set as a springboard to get into his sermon. So it's like he's taking the Greek culture and finding a way to apply on, you know, you know, apply it to to his his own perspective of what, what is true. Missionaries do that all the time. They try
2: to find some Something in that culture say, "Oh, well, this, okay. It's my chance." Let's talk
3: about this. A little more. Now, whether he read, Country. whether he read a play <clears throat> from a Greek playwright and found uh, found the verse that says, a "Bad company corrupts good morals." Now I can't say that he actually picked up that script and read that said, <laughs> Well, this is great. I'm we'll gonna put it in my, you know, I'm gonna put it in the Corinthians. Yeah, so but somehow he heard that. Somehow he he repeated yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that became probably no, probably from that play, it became a common phrase. And this stuff was probably bounced around the cultures. And that's kind of what you're saying yeah. yeah, Yeah, it's 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 pretty strong to say that
6: Jesus Christ drew from this, you know. But regardless
3: well, of whether he whether he specifically drew from this book, it's still its common culture. He's drawing from common Well flow. he did I, he I
0: did
2: he draw, I mean, he talks about the Tradition of the elders. He you said, "You've heard it said, but I say, and you've throwing all that stuff." Yeah. You know, tradition of the
1: elders. Some of it some of wrong. Well, if we're going to talk about it being absorbed into common culture, how did it do that? It was written down at some point. Sure. This yeah. is the yeah. tradition oral of the elders yeah. right here. Yeah. yeah. And, and informal oral tradition. Yeah. tradition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this, um, yeah. I, I
4: think a good way to look at it is, no matter where you find truth, even just a nugget truth, is that God? Yeah. You know, Balaam, there's truth yeah. in what Balaam said. And yeah. Balaam is one of the joy people <laughs> in yeah. Jewish history. He um, was talking, yeah. uh, I think it was McCartan this week, uh, the Sistine Chapel has little, uh, all around the edges, has, there's little rectangular spaces. And Michelangelo filled them up with Jewish prophet, Gentile oracle, Jewish prophet, Gentile oracle. Uh, he recognized, and C.S. Lewis recognized this too, that there was truth to be found in these pagan oracles. And it was there because of God, God put it there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jesus, instead, we don't have to say that Jesus drew on the apocryphal writings. If there's truth in there, he put it there. That's a good The truth, yep. the, the truth that, uh,
3: the, that you might find Buddhism ultimately comes from God the Father.
4: Right.
3: So, because he is the
4: source of well, truth. Christ
3: is... is. That, this is one of the arguments that C.S. Lewis makes when he's trying to compare Christianity to other faiths and how you might reach other people of other faiths. because you find the commonality. The commonality, yeah. yeah. And use that as a springboard to go into the truth, you know, the am. the truth. I, mean,
1: I, am, I am with you on uh, rejecting any bad theology that we find in these texts. I'm yeah, 100% with some. you. Yes, there is some. Some of
6: it's just... Uh, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
6: it's just there. I mean,
1: it, I'm, I'm, I'm not it. going to. I'm not going to support praying for the dead. You know, yeah. where I'm, to, <laughs> I'm not, not. I'm not there. I'm. I'm there. I'm yeah. agreeing with you on that. Isn't yeah. the
0: Catholics uh, However, for the dead? however,
1: I have said before. I,
0: the
1: dead. I have said before, God rest her soul. So maybe I'm a heretic too. But I, <laughs> you know there. Well, I won't, okay. I won't. Yeah, I not I, 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 I mention it anymore. Yeah,
6: there you go. I just want to. I just want one more time to be sure you get that out there. I am. I am. I am. There's a lot of new and old testament.
0: I, think I want to spend my time on
6: that. I know. I you I can rest. rest.
1: Okay. I, I'm so sorry. I am so much I energy. I will not interrupt
6: <laughs> you again. Thank
1: you, Brian. I I am with you on the discernment. Um, My my phrase here that I'm using throughout this lesson is reverent discernment. And I'm with you on the discernment part. I'm asking you to come with me on the reverent part. Let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater here. That's what I'm saying. So, okay. um, What have we not looked at yet on this passage? um, Or on this page? Sirach in the New Testament. I think we've pretty much covered everything. We've talked about... Say what?
2: I don't think you covered anything. We've talked about it. we've talked about come it's to it's me,
1: come <laughs> to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're talking about how, you know that, that yeah that, that is a condensed version of an entire chapter from this book. Um, we've talked about Sirach, uh and the Sermon on the yeah. Mount, um, and then there's a few other various quotes up near the top. Um, um, it's already 10 o'clock. Let's move on to let's move on to our lectionary selections here. Sirach um, 10, 12 through 18. This is, a, this is a meditation on pride and the danger of pride. The beginning of man's pride is to depart from the Lord. His heart has forsaken his maker. For the beginning of pride is sin, and the man who clings to it pours out abominations. Therefore the Lord brought upon them extraordinary afflictions and destroyed them utterly. The Lord has cast down the thrones of rulers and has seated the lowly in their place. The Lord has plucked up the roots of nations and has planted the humble in their place. The Lord has overthrown the lands of the nations and has destroyed them to the foundations of the earth. He has removed some of them and destroyed them and has extinguished the memory of them from the earth. Pride was not created for men, nor fierce anger for those born of women. Um, my only comment on that excerpt, and to Greg's point, there will be some of these passages where there's not really a whole lot to draw from. I mean, some of these passages will seem richer than others. Um, my only, my only comment that I would make on this section is, um, verse fourteen: the Lord has cast down the thrones of rulers and has seated the lowly in their place. That is almost identical to a verse in the Magnificat. Um, uh, he has put down the mighty from their thrones, thrones, and exalted those of low degree. So, thrones are specifically mentioned; lowly are specifically mentioned. Um, so it seems quite in line. So that. That to I mean? Pride from God, and this pain. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. And fear of anger, neither, Uh as we're warned against that in Scripture. The Greek play, every Greek play ever written, the, the biggest problem with humanity is hubris. Hubris, yeah. Over, yeah. And over and yeah. over and over and yeah. over and over again, yeah. and it's trying to teach their citizens Don't fall into this trap. Yeah, you will wind up killing your father and marrying your (laughs) mother. Happens every time. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: crazy. Anything else? This one seems to me fairly straightforward. It's just a, it's just a warning about the dangers of pride.
3: Well, it's, it is amazing how it does creep in, even in trying to be humble. As a Christian, yeah. you can take pride in your humility. And the next thing you know, you're kind of going, oh, I am so much more humble.
0: Look I'm at me. Humble.
3: <laughs> you know, <something> like. <laughs> now you've just committed the sin of pride.
1: <laughs> I see that sometimes in, uh, with uh, uh, a more simple faith approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to to exactly things of right. faith yeah, and yeah, to yeah. the scripture. I I yeah, well, some people are some people are. Well, it happens on both sides. I mean, some people are blessed to have simple faith that others of us, you know, really struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and those in the simple faith category need to be very careful, very careful not to look down uh-huh. on those who are constantly wrestling and constantly struggling. But it also happens the other way too. Mm-hmm. Those of us who um, have a more complex relationship with God do not need to look down poorly on those who have been blessed with simple faith mm-hmm. blessed are those who have not seen okay. and yet still yeah. believe yeah. both yeah. warnings are to be held equally mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, okay so from chapter 15 15 through 20 um, th- this is one where we might get into a little th- this might be one where on theological grounds we might want to reject this one so we'll, we'll talk about it and see Um, If you will, you can keep the commandments. And to act faithfully is a matter of your own choice. He has placed before you fire and water. Stretch out your hand for whichever you wish. Before a man are life and death, and whichever he chooses will be given to him. For great is the wisdom of the Lord. He is mighty in power and sees everything. His eyes are on those who fear him. He knows every deed of man. He has not commanded anyone to be ungodly, and he has not given anyone permission to sin. All right, talk to me. So far, so good? Yeah. Well, it's a good lesson go for the
4: hedonists.
1: Uh, it is a good lesson for the hedonists, yes. He has not commanded anyone to sin. Now, okay, so here's the, here's the issue. Those of, us who are, uh, those of us in the room who are heavily Reformed might take issue with the sort of free will stance that this has. That, okay, look, it is not God's fault that you're in sin. This no. is this is no. totally and completely your choice. Well, now that is not a very reformed thing to say because i sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, God's not given some kind of uh, mandate and ability
4: for us to stand. Bless you, yeah, everybody. We of, already had. <laughs> <laughs> uh Well, not <laughs> lie. When he when he I mean, says I mean, before he lies life and death and Jesus. That's you that's can, not true. None of us chose life, and none of us choose death. <laughs> death chooses us. But the scripture so, says yeah, so, he right. life.
0: Choose life. But he don't choose
4: life. But the scripture says. <laughs> he don't not so, 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 yeah, Well, yeah. Uh, so what I'm saying is, this is either wrong or it's poetic license. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, so, I mean, we've got
6: to decide. When I'm just saying,
4: if we're
2: talking
4: about the path of life, there's a path yeah, yeah, of a wisdom that thing. we we have to choose. I'm having well, a hard time understanding yeah, where this does. But the ahead and license them. We we have to decide how okay. literal to take it. Yeah. And well, and, what, and that has to apply the entire path that choose on. What
5: what, uh, what were you saying? I, where, where are you saying this doesn't line up? Form of theology. I don't, I don't get I'm you. saying that's
1: a question. It's, it's, a, it's a question. You know, I, I don't, I don't if, see it. If, don't you, if, you, if you emphasize predestination above all else and God's sovereignty over and above free will, then texts like this don't really make sense because well, this it is saying it, the choice is yours. But it says
5: that he's putting it back on the believer. You know what I'm saying? To be, to be responsible. The, that's, a, that's an important part of a performed theology. That the that that we are guilty, and it's on us. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's Our sin. It's not to anyone to be
2: well, obviously it's not controversial. So. Uh, uh, so so maybe there's no issue. Maybe there's not an issue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I maybe, yeah. Maybe there's not an issue. Well, I would just, I would just is. say that even for the ungodly, for the lost people, and. That God says to the lost people, Choose life, choose the death. Well, this is yes. a re- yes. Yes. This day. day is the day of
4: salvation. The life is in this Christ. You read what you, you, sow re-
2: what you, past you past. saw. That's There's a the young lady back there
3: that knows this her end the Go for it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, this passage sounds a lot like one of Moses' sermons. Yes. He said, Before you is blessing and cursing, before you is life and death. Go, so, choose." Yeah. that was one of his sermons. Yeah. I
1: have I have often heard interpretations of that passage along the lines of, the choice is there. Is what we're revealing is that you can't really make that choice.
0: Which is what Dr. Delphine always tell you. That, that yeah <laughs> that the
1: choice is there, but it's sort of a revealing thing, like, okay, we're kind of proving the point that you really don't have the choice. You're so fallen that you really can't make the decision.
2: Well, I, I think that's where we, yes. we we go too far, you know, in trying to reconcile and harmonize Reformed theology. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's basically a mystery. Also, and, I mean, God chooses things, but we also have to well, choose. I mean, we have a we have a will that we have to exercise. We have to choose the right, acts, right? We yep. have to
6: choose. We do Acts Act 17, 26, and twenty seven. I've mentioned many times. It's the one where it says, God made for one blood all nations of men. Because on the side, it says, He chose the time and place that we would all live out our life. And then it says, He did this so men would seek Him in the hope that they might grow and find Him. To me, that sounds like He's placed us all in a crucible of pressures
1: and it's so that men will seek Him of their own will. So that, that is beautiful because that includes both. God in his sovereignty is setting setting the stage. He sets the condition. And yet, in his sovereignty, we have the choice to accept it or not. In so. my
6: in my opinion, my understanding of the Bible is that his sovereignty actually begins and ends under his power with him allowing us a free will. I don't think he will have subverted that. His sovereignty. But you see what I, do you see what I'm saying? Well, well, his sovereignty. I, I, well, I, put I this agree with what you're saying. Okay. I see what you're saying. His, his sovereignty. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way: His sovereignty revolves around him allowing us a free will. Well, he does.
1: That's true. Let me let me give it. Let me give another. I don't think he would subvert he's, his. He's I don't <laughs> think it is
6: a mystery. I don't think he would subvert uh, his will in that he allowed us a free will by controlling a bunch of us into heaven. Or i mean, controlling a lot of people into hell and controlling a few people into
1: hell. Let me I don't let me hang so on David, hang yeah. on. Let, so me, let me Let me let me give another one here. And this is this is scripture. This is okay. the word of the Lord right here. Okay. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling because
0: yes.
1: it is, is God who is at work you in you. you. All that's right. That's so that's that's both, right. right. So now both oh, right. both oh, right. are that's at play. Right. God is sovereign and we have free will. That's now there's right. a there's a passage in Ecclesiastes I think it's seven eighteen. The wise man takes hold of this, of this and that comes out from both and of them the of is the neither torn apart by them nor lets go. Well right.
2: I'm as reformed as anybody in the room. Right? Yes. But when I preach the gospel, uh behold I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. If one hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will die with him and he will clean. Yes. When I preach that way, in my view, hey, the door's open. Mm. Let everybody who
3: Jesus he through come. Through. I'm happy. I want him to do that. So the point is if you take it too far, I then know. you're just blaming God for everything. Well, yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's yeah. I'm I'm drinking because God pleaded <laughs> <laughs> dancing. Yeah. The <laughs> there's
6: a place in the Bible where it says for they are without excuse. Exactly. At the end right. time, there'll be no excuse. Exactly. Even even Cain, God, Cain. God could have obliterated, but God marked him so nobody would kill him.
3: Cain will have
6: no excuse at the end of the I've
3: time. I've heard people say it over and over again. Well, if we have predestination is true, then that's I I am
0: who I am. You know, yeah, that's not the right That's, down that's, down that's, down that's down not the, the right count. balance. I know
4: it's, 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 it's not, wrong. it's, it's not. That I'm going. God is holding us back from yeah. hell. I mean that's blesses those who seek him. I would just say that ways Are not our ways, no, they're not. And his thoughts are not our thoughts, no, they're not. and what we know about God is incredibly
1: tiny. Yes, we are in the realm of mystery here. We are in the realm yes. of mystery. Thank yes. hey, God,
5: can I say one thing real quick? Yeah, a little, a little different from what, yeah. So, in, in verse 17, it says of this Syriac, it says, Behold, a man and before a man or life and death, whichever he chooses will be given to him. This is. This is basically the uh, early Christian two ways. Uh, the Didache. Yes, the dedicate Idea. Yeah, the Didache is full of that. You may have covered it all. I don't know if you said that long well, ago. But anyway. Well, that's in
1: Proverbs. That's in Exodus. Yeah. That is a common thing. Yeah. So that's the two yeah. ways uh, yeah.
5: thing. That the whole paradigm. Yeah.
1: That's what the here's, uh, here's something else interesting. The verse right before that. He has placed before you fire and water. Um, There was one commentator that uh, said, you know, this is basically he's he's placed before you hell and baptism, (laughs) fire and water. You know, it's a sort of symbols of these two paths. Um, So anyway, we can move on from this passage. But um, I think it I think I think the right conclusion here is we are in the realm of mystery when we're talking about God's sovereignty, human will. We're talking about the nature of salvation itself. And there's only so much we can say about that. Without just throwing up our hands and saying, This is mystery. This is, yeah. Okay, so chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. This is about uh, Lady Wisdom here. Wisdom will praise herself and will glory in the midst of her people. In the assembly of the Most High, she will open her mouth, and in the presence of his host, she will glory. Quote, I came forth from the mouth of the Most High and covered the earth like a mist. I dwelt in high places. And my throne was in a pillar of cloud. There's our pillar of cloud again that we talked about last week. Alone have I made the circuit in the vault of heaven and have walked in the depths of the abyss, in the waves of the sea and the whole earth, and in every people and nation I have gotten a possession. Among all these I sought a resting place, I sought in whose territory I might lodge. Then the creator of all things gave me a commandment, and the one who created me assigned a place for my tent. And he said make your dwelling in Jacob and in Israel receive your inheritance. From eternity in the beginning he created me and for eternity I shall not cease to exist. In the holy tabernacle I ministered before him and so I was established in Zion. In the beloved city likewise he gave me a resting place and in Jerusalem was my dominion. So I took root in an honored people in the portion of the Lord who is their inheritance. Sort of a beautiful passage on lady wisdom uh, tabernacling with God's people um, and the word became flesh and tabernacled with them and we have beheld his glory uh, any any thoughts on that passage before we look at the last two yeah, yeah how about
2: that from eternity in the beginning he
0: created
1: me yeah that's a problem <laughs> if well, created is even the right way to translate yeah, it yeah. Yeah. and we don't yeah that's like proverbs 8, proverbs
4: 8 where it talks about creating wisdom but the mm-hmm. word the Hebrew word also means poured out yeah and uh, there's another word in there um in the mix that problem, can also mean in problem. pain so mm-hmm. that could be translated I and mean, this is proverbs 8 it could be translated before uh uh creation poured me out um the world was formed, I writhed in pain. So, this that translation indicates Christ crucified before the foundation of the world. Wow, yeah, so, and this is very similar to that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's that one verse is almost taken directly from Proverbs 8. But so. it was created as a baby, mm-hmm. yeah, even so even yeah. this as a human baby, it was created, even uh, this uh, so. this passage. If it's not, you know, we, don't, we don't say it was inspired, but it's like a loving commentary on Proverbs 8, which we say was inspired. Could you say uh,
0: he has no beginning and no ending? Mm-hmm. He has always been with the Father. No, no beginning, no end. Mm-hmm. And y'all you know, help me if I'm wrong here, but I'm thinking how glorious the church fathers were. They had the New Testament, right? study studied the scriptures and the glorious things that they sort of good on the mm-hmm. Christological facts of Christ. Yes. The virgin birth, so on, so long. But I'm seeing, and maybe I'm wrong here. These are just men that were after the death, burial, and resurrection. This group of men, somehow to me, they were meditating on the Redeemer who would come. Yeah. And the essence of God, the nature of God, the character.
3: subject to Aaron. There was more to the coming and, of God than, than the tabernacle of the
0: wilderness. Yeah. And I was just uh, I'm just thinking how uh, they're like Abraham looking to the cross. We're looking back. but We're looking to the same cross. The same God.
1: We're created. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. There's our reverent discernment right there. Um, we have a few more minutes, so let me at least read these last two sections. Um, and maybe we'll have time to talk about them, I don't know, but I'd like to at least expose you guys to them. This this next one, um, there was a church father named uh, Cyprian, and he he had a lot to say about this passage, and he said that it had to do with uh, persecution, that it's... a uh, It's about suffering for Christ. When a sieve is shaken, the refuse remains. So a man's filth remains in his thoughts. The kiln tests the potter's vessels so that the test of a man is in his reasoning. The fruit discloses the cultivation of a tree. There's the, so you shall know them by their fruit. Mm -hmm. So the expression of a thought discloses the cultivation of a man's mind. Do not praise a man before you hear him reason, for this is is the test of men. He's saying, do not praise a man before you hear him reason, but then he's saying, you can't really know his reason until you watch him suffer. So don't mm-hmm. praise a man until you've seen him suffer, is, mm-hmm. is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. All right, the last one from chapter 35. Um, this is this, this just some, some basic Proverbs type exhortations. Do not offer him a bribe, um, talking about God. Do not offer him a bribe, for he will not accept it and do not trust to an unrighteous sacrifice, for the Lord is the judge, and with him is no partiality. That shows up again in the New Testament. There is no partiality with God. That's in Romans chapter 2, and it's also in, I think, Ephesians 6. He will not show partiality in the case of a poor man, and he will listen to the prayer of one who is wronged. Did you catch that? He will not show partiality to the poor man just because he's poor. He is fair. He's not going to... It's not the other, he doesn't, this pendulum doesn't swing to the other extreme. He is fair in both cases. He will listen to the prayer of one who is wronged. He will not ignore the supplication of the fatherless, nor the widow when she pours out her story. Do not the tears of the widow run down her cheek as she cries out against him who caused him to fall. He whose service is pleasing to the Lord will be accepted, and his prayer will reach to the clouds. The prayer of the humble pierces the clouds, and he will not be consoled until it reaches the Lord. He will not desist until the Most High visits him and does justice for the righteous and executes judgment. So there's your anticipation of uh, redemption in the midst of suffering, in the midst of persecution, um, looking ahead and seeing seeing the, the cross as a future event. And now we're looking back and we see it as, yeah, but it's, we're looking at the cross in both directions. So I, I really appreciate that comment, Jim. So. Um let's stop there. Thank y'all.